Hello there, fanficers. Welcome back to a, a podcast. We're just, I mean, we're a pod. I mean, probably not the internet's favorite. Probably not the internet's least favorite. Uh, I saw the other day that we actually charted on the Apple uh, comedy charts. We were 1498th. 1498. Yeah. Hey, it's so better than Columbus. So hey. I'll take it. That's the best. I, I should. I feel like I should. I'm going to put that right next to all my yeah. participation trophies. Yeah. <laughs> 1498. I mean, uh, if we were true crime and we got to 1498, that'd probably be more impressive because there's like 400,000 oh, like trillion crime. of them. Yeah. yeah. Um, but for comedy, we're, they're probably only 1500. Well, in terms of, of, of <laughs> in, terms, in terms of fan fiction podcasts, we're probably like you know mid 60s. Yeah, and that, I mean that's. That's pretty impressive. pretty impressive. I don't know how many of them could claim a uh, you know a, a world record. Yeah, we're the only world record shattering. Yeah, yeah. Podcast, but being the most okayest podcast. Yeah, I'm, I'm fine with that. I'm I'm very fine with just being a podcast. Let's ride that line. Yeah, let's walk the line. Yeah, right down the middle. Because when road. you when you get big, you get so many expectations, mm-hmm. and then you start doing blow, and then you just end up. Jacking I mean, I've already I've been preparing for that. I've already yeah. been doing a lot of blow, a lot of blow. just to prepare. I've for just it. been jacking it in San Diego to prepare for this. Yeah, we're, we we've got everything covered. Wow, All our bases this is a covered. multi-dimensional podcast now. Mm-hmm. I'm very impressed with us. <laughs> look I'm at very, us. Look at us. We are so great. Oh, man. Yeah. So today is May 10th when this comes out. Mm-hmm. Recording today is May 1st. Mm-hmm. May the 1st be with you, my friend. May the 1st be unto you as well. Unto, <laughs> unto you as well, my friend. Uh, but this is being released May 10th. Mm-hmm. And so once again, to sell out and ride the wave of pop culture. To ride the wave a la surfing Pikachu. Pikachu. This is a uh, Pokemon-themed episode. Now, our last episode that was pokemon themed was a banger it was probably the best episode in our entire library mm-hmm. our first our, our first our debut rectified anonymity mm-hmm. if you've listened to it i'm sorry if you haven't don't no i mean unless you're interested yeah but if you're the person who before endgame you had to like yeah. watch all the movies all go back to the beginning yeah. it's not our iron man no it's probably our thor dark world Nah. Yeah. So we are going to ride that Detective Pikachu wave, and we're going to do another Pikachu, or another Pokemon fanfic. Mm-hmm. Yes. But before that, for once, Ryan, <laughs> he just gave me like, like the most embarrassed look. Ryan found an opening topic of conversation. Yes. I actually uh, did something smart. Um, <laughs> so I was cruising the internet, as you do, and I found this article. Uh, from Vox. It was written in 2016 called, uh, titled Why We're Terrified of Fan Fiction. Um, and there's a lot to it. They, it's kind of like, it's one of those articles where you're responding, like, yeah, I've run into another article that was written about another article. But it talks about kind of fandoms and how mm-hmm. this one article was talking about how fandoms are so demanding now. And it mentions, like, oh, the yeah. call for Elsa to have a girlfriend, yeah. and the backlash against um, Captain Marvel or Captain uh, America being in Hydra, yeah. and um, like the all the all female Ghostbusters. That was like the big thing that kicked it off. The feminists are taking over. The huge response yeah. to that. Um, but it also talks about like fan fiction as a part of fandom mm-hmm. um, it doesn't really come down on one side or the other whether it's like bad or good i think we're pretty pro fan yeah. fiction here but um i hope so we spend a lot of time on it <laughs> you know the, lo- the longer you spend with something maybe the, the more you tend to turn around on it but that's true we've that's a good understanding like of it. Me anymore um so we i'm just going to kind of jump ahead I, I recommend if you if you're interested to go read the article um but they talk about kind of the different types of fan fiction and, yeah and they present the fan fiction side of it and mm-hmm. the people who don't like fan fiction side of it what drew it. you to this article uh it was just one of the the titles okay. i wasn't on i wasn't on vox i was yeah. just looking up i just yeah, sometimes I, I go on google to type in fan fiction just yeah. see what's going on stir yeah. the pot see, yeah, the community who, who's saying what um and then i go all the way back to 2016 because yeah. it doesn't get a lot of main media coverage so when it no. does you gotta i almost does it, it feel like fanfic maybe is on a decline does it maybe feel that way to you? I have no, um, I have no stats to back that up. No, when you search, no, by I have no stats to back that up. Latest update. I mean, I found plenty of stuff about Avengers Endgame. Yeah, that came out, you know, this this month. No, that's very true. But I, I almost feel like when the stuff that has the most things written about it aren't current things, and obviously that would make sense because over time you write more and more. Mm-hmm. Or it could be that whatever that thing that was out in 2013 just had a bigger fan base that was more likely to write fan fiction. Yeah. uh, But you know what I mean? It doesn't seem like it's as prevalent as it once was. I also think there are, like, less big things. Like, as we add, like, all these streaming services and different shows. They they feel less special because there's so many of them. Right. 
So it's it's not like Star Wars, yeah. which is like the one thing. So everyone writes, writes, writes. No, no you nice get a Star Wars it. movie a year now. Or like Labyrinth is a good example where yeah. it was just the one thing and it didn't get a million spinoffs. So everyone wrote, 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 wrote yeah, about it because you needed more. Um, so that I, makes sense. And I think it's it might just be kind of a retrospect thing. So yeah. and there's 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 so much Sherlock fan fiction. And there's so much Teen Wolf. And, and that's <laughs> the only reason why I'm thinking. No, I'm serious. Like, and there has been Sherlock. Well, there's been Sherlock Holmes fan fiction since it came out. Yeah, but so, it's Sherlock from the TV show. I know, with, but it's just. Uh, it's continuing every time uh, it comes up. Engelbert Humperdick, exactly. Yeah, and uh, Bilbo Baggins. Yeah. So I don't. I don't know. I don't have anything to back that up, but I, I feel like it's still pretty I mean, thriving. No, I'm just, I'm just observation. Yeah. Like almost seems that way from scouring the internet. Just that it's based on older fandoms. Yeah, a little bit. So yeah. So getting into this article, they talk about all of the arguments for mm-hmm. or, or that are against fan fiction. So what uh, are some of the arguments? Uh, just like some of the common points that uh, fandom is a mass of lightsaber clutching nerds camping out all night on the sidewalk to buy movie tickets and either fundamentally sophomoric or solipsistic. Is this one of those articles where someone tries to write like <laughs> academically to seem smart? Uh, yeah, probably. Oh, fuck um, off. All fan fiction is slash and all slash is pornographic. That's all slash true. is by straight teenage girls or I think all we, slash is by middle-aged gay men. I think we have proven that not all fan fiction is slash. That's A lot of it is. Well, this is this is what they're saying. These are like some of the blanket arguments that people oh, say. Oh, I, that, I thought they were actually actually trying to say that no because they go and, point by point one or the other and the other thing too is what was the what was the first point fandom is a mass of lightsaber clutching nerds camping out all night on the sidewalk to buy movie tickets which either fundamentally sophomoric like people never grew up they're just like a bunch of nerds you know i've never really liked this argument but it is fair what's the difference between that and tailgating before a football game Good and point. crying when your favorite player gets traded. Burning their jersey in the streets. Exactly. Fan means fanatic. Mm-hmm. You're still fanatic about something. Are you getting mad at someone because of what they're fanatic about? I, I camped out overnight for basketball tickets. Did you really? Oh, oh yeah. you did? Yeah. yeah, for the Gator basketball done that, tickets. Done that multiple times. Yeah. How's that any different? I mean, I don't. I do not like that argument, but it's a. I think it's a fair argument. People camp out in front of point. Best Buy. For phones. Yeah. Or for fucking Black Friday deals. Mm -hmm. So what's the difference between camping out for a a movie ticket and... Because that's kid stuff. Okay, Bill Maher. That's kid stuff, man. Okay, Bill Maher. Football's big people stuff. You know, I actually... This is this sort of has to do with what we're talking about because it's kind of like that like nerd or pop culture like growing to these like amazing, massive, you know, heights. Mm -hmm. But like one thing that I used to do with... When I was younger with like all of my friends that I used to act with, Mm -hmm. we used to go to the midnight release of all the Harry Potter movies and all the Pirates of the Caribbean movies. Yeah. And like it doesn't feel special anymore because now I, I like, think I went to the midnight release of Man of Steel. I think that was the last oh, midnight release fuck. I went to. God, that's so cool. Mm-hmm. But but they're like but now it's just like Oh, do you like Avengers? Now you can see it six o'clock on Thursday. Yeah. And like there's something about going to the midnight release and knowing that like it's it is mm-hmm. technically still that like the day it's supposed to be released, mm-hmm. but it's the first minute. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's just like there's um well they, they they I remember they they did away at least AMC did away with midnight releases after Aurora Colorado oh, Dark Knight okay. Rises there was like security concerns yeah um, I actually saw Dark Knight Rises at midnight I did a uh, movie marathon at AMC where oh, they showed man, the first sounds, two that sounds awesome and then we yeah then they showed the third one it was awesome but I don't know it just seems you know like there's something about seeing it at midnight which kind of makes it different right I don't know. Something about being in the front row of a football game makes it feel different. Yeah, exactly. Um, Another one of the points that people commonly make against fan fiction. Or worst of all, fandom is a group of oversexed teenage girls writing porny and borderline illiterate fan fiction, which is wrong for moral, aesthetic, and legal reasons. (laughs) You, you, You mean, sometimes you come down in this camp. Yeah. Yeah, sometimes. But, I mean, okay. Think about it this way, listener. Mm-hmm. Ryan and I try our best to cater to you the best stories or stories we find interesting, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Like, that's sort of our general rule. We try to. And we could be smutty every week, but mm-hmm. we're not. Mm-hmm. Well, we could be if we wanted to, but we're not. But do you know how much time we have to spend to find things that aren't smut? Honestly. It doesn't bother me. No, it doesn't bother me because, I mean, it's easy to just, like, search and whittle it down. But, you know, like, it's a lot. There's 95 to 98% of all fanfic has some sort of smut in it. I think I can say that comfortably. What do you think? Every great story has a romance. That's all I have to say about that. Okay. Every great story has a romance. So I think that is a very blanketed statement, very, very uninformed argument, but I don't think it's... I don't think it's unfair. Oversex teenage girls writing porny, porny and borderline illiterate fan fiction. Oh, that's really strong which language. Which is wrong for moral aesthetic no, that's reasons. That's really strong language. I take it back. 
I don't know. I used to think that. I used to 100% believe that. But now you're seeing the other side. The small 5 6%, that's really good. Mm, yeah. But you still get fr- you, we both get frustrated when we No, for sure. Like I if you didn't like the Scrubs episode, mm-hmm. that was one of the only non-smut Scrubs fanfics I could find. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Quite honestly. Yeah. So, you know what I mean? Sure. Uh, um, that's 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 a weird argument. That's that's a that's a difficult one to try to try. To, it's hard to refute that. It's hard to refute it, but that's very strong language. Mm-hmm. It that's, might be a little overstated. Um, the last point that a lot of people dump on is what we'll call we have now christened, I think, trademark the George R R Martin argument. The mm-hmm. George R R argument. Why would you write about someone else's characters when you could be making up your own? And we talked about that yeah. ad nauseum, so yeah. we, don't, we don't have to discuss that. Well, here. for the people that haven't heard it. I think we've just kind of come to the conclusion that instead of having to take the time to build up your own character development and all that, you're already getting the emotional weight of someone else's characters and you get to explore them in a way that you think is interesting in your own way. Yeah. Um, Cause it's character building's a lot. That's a big part of writing. And if you already have the characters built, it's easy just to kind of jump in, especially if the characters, everybody already knows. Mm-hmm. Like plug. if you did something with Superman, like everyone knows who Superman is. You can is. plug and play. Exactly. Moral Paragon. And then you yeah. can put them in a, morally ambiguous situation it is immediately interesting and so it'd be one thing if you were selling this and you weren't creating your own characters Mm -hmm. but no one's trying to sell or changing the names and selling it for uh like hundred million dollars which happens all the time that one does actually happen a lot Mm -hmm. so um here are the fan counterpoints some fans are curative which means they're into knowing all the trivia about a given piece of media or canon and discussing it in minute detail while some are transformative, which means they're into writing fan fiction or drawing fan art and making fan videos. Some are into both. Fandom is not a monolith. That's the one of the one I of mean the that's kind true of, kind yeah. of points. Um, fan fiction writers are mostly women. Writers for the fan fiction site Archive of Our Own are mostly, but not overwhelmingly, just out of college. Other sites like Wattpad skew younger. So these are all just like counterpoints. That's that are interesting. Making. Like that these the are college-educated people. Um, this it's mostly women. We 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 will talk about that later. We have some. There was some 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 research done. Yeah, to prove that. Well, well with the women thing, that one like the college-educated women. That's not super surprising, especially mm-hmm. considering when you look at where men and women generally tend to major in, mm-hmm. like where they normally lie on that. Generally speaking, based on actual statistics, women tend to lean towards uh, humanities mm-hmm. to major in or uh, soft sciences, so like psychology. And that would make sense that if you're a college graduate and you're a female that you might be interested in writing fan fiction because that has to deal with humanity that that explores more human avenues. Mm-hmm. Well, let me, let me read. There's another quote further down in the in the article um, from author Camille Bacon-Smith. Apparently okay. she's an author of a, a paranormal romance series. And um, she uh, also wrote some Star Trek fandom, you know, some things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, her quote is, male fans of the show, Star Trek, generally balk at the restriction and prefer to engage in activities such as costuming and crafts, mm-hmm. for which payment is not a traditional reward. Women, who traditionally spend a large portion of their lives working in relative isolation for little or no pay, bring a different set of motivations to their writing and art. They want to talk to other women to express themselves in the science fiction form that until recently has all but excluded them. The writers cannot sell their work, but they don't have to meet commercial criteria for success either. They must please only the predominantly female Star Trek fan community. So that's where it kind of it's like that's a fair. closed fandom. And yeah. it, that's how you kind of get this this like almost second language where an outside yeah. you read this like what, what is going on? No, but everyone fair. in that community understands it. You, you, yeah. you understand stuff yeah. like that. And, right? I, and I think that even kind of proves my point a little further because – where women generally are interested in people, mm-hmm. which is, I mean, makes a lot of sense. Men are more generally speaking interested in things. And that's why someone like Ryan is an engineer. Engineers have the worst interpersonal skills. Mm-hmm. Right, Ryan? Yeah. <laughs> he says uh, as he's looking at his phone. Uh, but uh, they, uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. But men are typically more interested in things. So it makes sense that men are more interested in, you know, collecting items and building things and doing costumes whereas women are more likely to right what the article goes on to is i think it, it does it does an interesting job where it's like it's not like this like certain genders are predisposed to certain roles it kind of no i'm saying that yeah that's what yeah. i'm saying it's like the the article goes on to like 
say have a different idea about that. So really? Let me point this okay, to you. Yeah, let's, 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 have, let's have the, the um, back and forth. So on this that. is the terms um, curative and transformative. You know, I just just talked about those. Yeah. Curative being like, uh, 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 but he uses his left hand and has green. Yeah. And then transformative is like, um, okay, so this is an alternate universe where Ash Ketchum is a ghost. Something completely different. <laughs> That'd be cool. Um, that, that was coined by a Reddit user, Lord Byronic. I mean, it's hard. To, there's no like professor of fan fiction. Yeah. So you kind of have to go with these people. Especially the since uh, academic literature and academia is already mm-hmm. elitist pretty, as it is. Pretty closed, closed yeah. group there. This person argues um, that women, the queer community, and people of color tend to be drawn to transformative fandom for other reasons. Quote, because the majority of professionally made media is catered towards a straight white male demographic, leaving little room for, quote, outsiders, outsiders who, if they want to see themselves in media, have to attack it and change it. Hence, slash fic. Hence, long essays claiming that Hermione Granger's black. Hence, headcanons about trans characters or gender queer characters or even heterosexual characters being being queer. Um, the argument has picked up steam. Uh, Elizabeth Minkle, for example, um, expanded it in, in an article for the New Statesman. My preferred explanation is the idea that the vast majority of what we watch is from the male perspective, authored, directed, and filmed by men, and mostly straight white men And that. Fan fiction gives women and other marginalized group the chance to subvert that perspective, to fracture a story, and recast it in her own way. It often feels as if there isn't much space for difference in the dominant cultural narratives. In fandom, by design, there's space for all. I really like that argument. I think it makes a lot of sense. I do think that's a stronger argument five years ago, mm-hmm. ten years ago, fifteen years ago. Uh, and I think there's we're definitely slowly, a shift. Yeah, and that's maybe maybe that's why you see less fan fiction. Yeah, maybe that's why you're seeing could less be of that desire to, feel to put themselves more out there. represented. Mm-hmm. Not, and I don't think anyone who's a part of a marginalized community feels like they're 100 percent represented mm-hmm. at the moment. But I think you can definitely say that strides have been made and honest attempts have been made to kind of stray that way, to kind of start going in that direction. Mm-hmm. I mean, look at Wonder Woman. Directed by Patty Jenkins, starring Gal Gadot. Amazing film. Patty Jenkins is an amazing filmmaker. I wish she would do the next Justice League movie. She's mm-hmm. awesome. So I could definitely see how 5, 10, 15 years ago, I think that'd be a stronger argument. Right. And, yeah. and, um, and the, the article, there's a lot of part. That's why I think this is an interesting article. Yeah. Is it goes on because it talks more about that. What's the Where's the, the line between, say, sports and media? So it goes on and on. Um, surely fewer sci-fi fandoms have begat dangerous cults than, say, sports games have yeah. led to dangerous riots. Yet if any police force has a stash of secret files on sports fans, they're keeping it very closely guarded secret. No one is writing tittering, vaguely disgusted anthropological examinations of sports fandom. There's always some... That's not true. <laughs> not as much as people just bashing fan fiction right outright. Uh, well, I know about too much uh, academic anthropology. There you go. So never mind. Uh, there's something specific about media fandom and to devoting large amounts of emotional energy to media in particular that is particularly threatening. Adult men crying and engaging in acts of physical violence over sports is expected. People crying over a TV show is weird. I guess it's becoming more accepted, especially with like Game of Thrones. Well, especially since cries. you hear everyone say they wept during Endgame. Right. Uh, women writing stories where Kirk and Spock are more than just friends is not only weird, but disgusting and dangerous, too. Of course, sports fandom is masculine. It's overwhelmingly male-dominated. It's macho. It's something we as a culture have just, uh, decided is manly. This designation erases that many very real women who are into sports, but it remains our cultural image of sports fandom. Media fandom's image is, if not feminine, at the very least, a hell of a lot less masculine than sports fandom. And that makes it less. That makes it weird. And fan fiction is not only unmasculine, but actively feminine. Designed for women rather than men, and to others, that makes it dangerous. Hmm. So that's kind of that, – that, that's another point. So that we're almost – at further. this point, we're almost getting into a feminist interpretation of the issue, it almost seems like. Mm-hmm. I think I think it, it's – they recognize that, that there is that, that dichotomy between mm-hmm. how can people be addicted, you know, worshipping at the altar yeah. of sports and then people who do the same level of devotion to fandom are, are ostracized. Yeah. Um, and but they, it almost, they try it almost to do seems they, like they're trying to attribute it too much on uh, right. some sort of patriarchal culture and not other factors. There's so much going on in this article. I think they're just exploring it. They're trying to get to the root cause. I think the root cause and eventually – and I'm not going to read the end because it goes on and on – is about – is about gender, but I think they hit on a lot of interesting topics. But you here. can't you can't just just mention something that big mm-hmm. and say, "Oh, I'm just I'm just exploring different avenues." Mm-hmm. If you're writing an article like this, you That's, really should have a singular view or art or like you know yeah. viewpoint, some arguments. Obviously, this is some sort of an argumentative mm-hmm. article trying to defend 
uh, point of view. It it kind of bounces back and forth. It's very unclear. With well, that's a poorly structured article. I then. invite you to read it. No, I that's fine. Everyone to read it. Um, yeah, because I'm definitely not the best to synthesize all of this. No, that's fine. Um, at the end, it just talks about how media for young women has long been considered a threat. It talks about like. The novel when it first came out was like a dangerous thing that you'd waste your mind on, but it was predominantly read by women up until like the greats came out, and everyone's like, yeah. "Oh yeah, like novels, the novels of the shit, man! Like yeah, let's all read cool. them." Um, so it goes on and kind of talks about that. And it has this funny thing when presented with slash fic, Dan Bergstein, who's a he's a he's runs some website, um, writes, "You can only do one of five things when you're encountered with slash. Yeah, mm-hmm. number one you can do is giggle, beat off. Number two is." Gently whisper no to an empty room. <laughs> That's just me. No. Number three. No. Number three. Solemnly shake your head at humanity. Yeah. Number four. Stare out the window as you try to make sense of it all. Or number five, send links to all of your friends. That's a good one. Um, so that's kind of like the five so things you can not do. Not having read that article, I think a very uninformed counter on my part mm-hmm. is let's just, in your head right now, think about the stereotype for the man who is really into football mm-hmm. and the man who is really into Star Wars. Mm-hmm. Stereotypically, do they look the same? No. Which one has the bigger build, like muscular build? Probably the, well, a oh, muscular? Okay. Yeah. Um, no, I, the, I know um, when I said bigger. Yeah. The Probably the, the sports guy. Which one's likely wearing glasses? Probably the, the, the Star Wars guy. Which one likely has more acne? Mm, Toss-up. Nachos. Make me break out. That's a good point. Uh, I'll go, oh, oh, we'll, we'll push. It's a push on that one. But you understand what I'm saying. Yeah. It's almost hard for me to sit there and accept that it's 100% uh, having to do with gender mm-hmm. when framing apples to apples. Well, we, we should get into the stats that they collect on AO3. Yeah. Because yeah, well, it is overwhelmingly female. Yes. On, on Archive of Our Own here. Mm-hmm. I'll, you sent those to me. I'll pull them up. Also, the last point uh, for fandom is um, in terms of defending shipping. There's a lot. There has been lots of respected literary fan fiction. Shipping is, quote, as straightforward as rooting for raw. Ross and Rachel to get together. It's as complex as reading between the lines in Victorian literature, searching for the queer subtext and desired coded in that language. Slash is popular, but not the only game in town, and not all Slash is pornographic. So the the breakdown Mm -hmm. for AO3, someone basically did a census. Now, there are a lot of issues with this census. Quick quick disclaimer. Yeah, we can definitely take issue with this if you're looking for something extremely accurate. Mm -hmm. First of all, it's just AO3. And we already said, according to that Vox article, AO3 is typically women who have graduated from college. Mm-hmm. So, Well, this article uses the stats presented in this. Oh, article. does it? Yeah, okay. there's not a lot of people okay. out there. But someone basically posted a, I guess, a story. It would be it's like a framed story, as yeah. like a story on AO3, but said this is a census respond. So this person was taking this data through this. If you get into the nitty-gritty with just stats in general Mm -hmm. you know that they're already skewed based on who's more likely to answer something like that and there's a good reason why it might be overwhelmingly female because star number brah well the good reason you know it it, it might be overwhelmingly female because men are less likely to admit to reading fan fiction because there's a stigma around it very well could be that could be it i mean if you really want to get into it i know that growing up as a as a man you're definitely more encouraged encouraged to get into sports than you are to get into but it's also it's also the internet it's not like they're gonna flip the tables on you and be like hey alex reads fan fiction and no exactly No, but you know what I'm saying. Your name's not tied to it. You're Kitty Lick Lick 347. Yeah, but I can definitely say that just in general, I have always been more expected to like sports than I have mm-hmm. to like, sure. you know, Superman. So, so that, even if you have the the rectified anonymity of the internet, yes. you still wouldn't self-identify to this, <laughs> exactly. uh, to this survey. There's, there's, there, a, there's, there's a chance. There's a chance that some people are like that or embarrassed to. You, you know what I mean? So yep. there, are, there, are a lot of, there are a lot of problems you can pick apart. But as like census. as like a general, as a general thing, based on the people who answered, who you comfortable idea. enough to answer, and who actively wanted to answer, mm-hmm. they did a first a gender breakdown. Mm-hmm. So of the total respondents, eighty percent are female. Mm-hmm. Now that doesn't mean twenty percent are male. Eighty percent are female. Four percent self-identified as male. Mm-hmm. Again, this is also self-identification. Two mm-hmm. percent. Self-identified as transgender, two percent mm-hmm. self-identified as androgynous. Actually, more androgynous than ja- transgender. Mm-hmm. Two forty-two to two twenty-seven. Two percent self-identified as agender. Did also, more agender people than transgender people. Did they have the number of, of people that participated in this? 
I can add it up. Okay. Six percent gender queer. So there's actually more people that self-identified and answered this survey mm-hmm. that are gender queer than male. What was the number on that? Seven twenty-seven compared to four seventeen. I'm not going to lie to you. I have no idea what this other word is. Neutroy? Neutros? Oh, that's that's crazy. Is okay. that? Do you know Neutros. what that is? No, I don't know what that is. Okay, so it's non-binary. Is it Neutroy? I'm sorry if I'm if I'm spelling it neutral. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry if I'm pronouncing it wrong. Mm-hmm. Neutroy is a non-binary gender identity which is often associated with a neutral or null gender. Often Neutroy people prefer their gender expression to be gender neutral or androgynous, though this may vary from person to person. So we all learned something new today. Yeah. And by all, I mean me and Ryan. Maybe <laughs> a lot of you already know this. We're so sweet. We're so sleep. All our listeners are woke right here. Like yes. You guys, are, you guys are woke. I have one eye open We're just sleep. barely. We're yeah. sleep. Help me, uh, you know, let me do the blow and I'll be woke like you. Yes. I need the blow. I need to be woke. Trans star, trans asterisk. Oh, it's like, um, it's like a Boolean. You know how you use star when you, when you query things? If it's like you, you don't know what the string before or after the word's going to be. Mm. You know what I'm talking about? Mm-mm. Um, it's like if you wanted to look up, if you're looking up fan fiction, you typed in like Pokemon, but you didn't want the title to just be Pokemon. You put Pokemon star. So the star says anything after that is accepted mm. or anything before that is accepted. I think trans star. Oh, means so trans, it's like, okay. I see transgender, trans man, trans multiple, woman, multiple transsexual. Mm-hmm. Okay. Sorry it's about a that. Search Boolean. Yes. Okay. So I guess that's a different sense, a different, different group of people mm-hmm. self-identified as that. And then 114 identify as other. Mm-hmm. So according to this survey, 80% of people on AO3 are female. Uh, yeah, and I think that, I mean, again, you can take this with a grain of salt. It's got yeah. a huge sample size, but again, it's it's a, it's got some bias with people self-reporting. Yes. But um, I, I think that really lends, I, that's why I really like that argument about people write fan fiction because they want to see themselves represented. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And if I see myself represented but, in everything, I don't, you know, I don't need to desire to. It's almost hard to say mm-hmm. that it's about representation, when you look at the other statistics that show how many fanfics are written about slash, how many male male slash fics there are, because if you're a woman writing that, how are you? You're just representing your interests. You're not representing yourself. Is that right? You know what I'm saying? Yes. Please uh, let me find this article. Okay, so we have I don't know Charlotte Gator. This is an interesting conversation. Charlotte Gator is uh, I guess she writes on the internet about yeah. Um, you know, like fandom and, mm-hmm. and comic books and things like that. But if you look at the top 10, so we also found a list uh, from AO3, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. So in 2013, this was as of 2013, so it has been six years since this was done, but this is still a good set of data. Mm-hmm. Someone went through and they did a list of all of the uh, slashes, all the ships mm-hmm. on AO3, right? Mm-hmm. And they just took the raw number. How many fix are there involving these two ships? Right. Yeah, yeah. Literally, that's what I was interested in. Literally, one to twenty-three are male. Male. What's the first female? Female, or is it male? Female? It's, it's male. For the first female. Female is fifty-seven from Glee, Santana Lopez, and Britney Pierce. That's canon too. Is it really? Yeah, it's from the show. So it doesn't even count, does it? Sure. Well, it does. I mean, I guess it does, but you understand what I'm saying, because then the next female. Female is from Homestuck. Rose Lalande and no Kanaya Merriam. Homestuck? Isn't that like a sitcom? I don't, I don't know. know what that is. I haven't seen Homestuck. So this is, uh, like, as I talked about earlier, Charlotte Getter. She writes about how Winter Soldier may not have been intended to be read as a homoerotic love story, but young women are willing and able to make it one. Yeah. Quote, we all wrestle with feelings and we can recognize them in stories when we see them. We don't need for them to be sanctioned. It doesn't matter what the writer intended or what the artist intended. More importantly, it doesn't matter how Disney wants me to interact with the stories that they bankroll. One of the most radical things I tell myself about the media I consume is fuck canon. I mean, that's fine. It's a, Art is based on the interpretation. Mm-hmm. I get that. Mm-hmm. But, but that, that's what there's like as to yeah. why like so many if they, if it's mostly yeah you know, 80% women, women and then a lot of it is slash yeah they're just saying that's what women see when they see two dudes duking it out in tight leather they're like oh there's some undertones well, that's yeah, something for sure but I'm saying how does the representation argument hold water when there are 20,415 fics written about Sherlock Holmes and John Watson from the Sherlock TV show on Archive of Our Own, and they're the number one. Hey, man. Is that, but is that representation? Law of the few. You know, it's like that thing where it's like the top 10% Twitter users produce 80% of the tweets and the content. No, I, didn't, I haven't heard that. Yeah. So who knows? 
who knows? It's a prolific uh, small group. But you get what I'm asking. I, I I'm not trying to say one way or another Dude, what point. it's saying. Is it? Yeah. Well, that's why the article. But I'm just saying. Mm-hmm. I'm just bringing up the point. Mm-hmm. If the article, if there are other people, obviously, mm-hmm. who feel this way, who feel mm-hmm. that it is a representation issue, mm-hmm. how is writing about Castile and Dean Winchester doing it mm-hmm. represent representative of your? You, if you're a if you're a woman, yeah, it's, it's representative- not even if you're a woman. If you're if you're uh, you know if you're trans, if you're whatever. Mm-hmm. It'd be one thing if you were rewriting Star Wars from the perspective of a woman. You know what I mean? If, if Luke Skywalker. You mean it was like actually Force Awakens? Leia. Basically, yeah. Force Awakens, yes. Jage is woke. Whoa, Jage. But no, like if you switch Leia and Luke. Luke's the prince of um, Alderaan and Leia was left on a desert. Mm-hmm. And you're writing it from Leia's perspective. Force Awakens. Force Awakens, basically. You get what I'm saying? To yes. me, that would that would that's definitely lend itself to that argument of representation. Mm-hmm. And I would get that. And I would be like, okay, that's definitely it. Right. But if 80% of people in Archive of Our Own mm-hmm. are women, and literally the first male-female is Clint Barton and Natasha Romanov from the Marvel movies, mm-hmm. and it's only at 3,000. Mm-hmm. So the highest pairing is 20,000. Mm-hmm. When we get to 24th, it's at 3,000. So they've dwindled down that far. Sure. So think about how many fix above it are male-male. Which would be okay. overwhelmingly the slash fiction. Okay. And by the way, this list is just for slash fic. So yes. there might there very well may be things that are written for representation that do not sure. include slash mm-hmm. that would lend itself to prove that. Mm-hmm. That would definitely support that idea. Mm-hmm. But it just – I don't know. That doesn't seem to hold water to me. Uh, the only thing I could say to that is maybe it's more of like the intellectual representation and diversity. So they're not they, – that's like – okay, it's not all like dudes banging each other. Sometimes these slash are like actual like – Bucky and, and uh, Steve Rogers are like on the rocks because they can't whatever they're like having yeah. emotional turmoil. That's what the that's what that's the kind of stories that that, that, that they, a, they are a woman would in see that's interested okay. in reading and then they put it on okay. put it into it. Um, when it when it's just rectified anonymity, I don't know what to do. Yeah, I'm sorry. There's only no. five things you can do, and one of them yeah, is to just say no. no to an no. empty room, and that's often no. what I come up with. I just think that was a really yeah interesting no that, no that's and that's why we spent so much time so much time talking about this. Mm-hmm. Like we're really just trying to figure out what this is saying and if i've said anything that's off base or i'm uninformed put it in the chat please let us know Drop like in the chat you can we'll definitely we the can, studio audience is, is they're completely dead, dead they right dumbfounded mm-hmm. right now jaws are on the floor mm-hmm. but i'm serious if 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 i'm misrepresenting my point if i'm not articulating my thoughts the way that i'd like to i'm sorry i'm, mm-hmm. I'm not trying to you know be offensive or argue against any points i'm just trying to weigh the data that they're presenting mm-hmm. based on their argument mm-hmm. yeah yeah, man. You know, it's a good it's a good conversation. It it's is a good conversation. conversation. I think this is uh this is kind of why we're here. Yep, you know, um, this is something that we this is right up our alley to talk about. And I hope you guys are interested in this. Yeah, if you're not interested, we'll never speak of it again. <laughs> Don't put it in the chat. <laughs> Don't so, ever put it in the chat. So yeah, there's a lot of interesting think pieces out there. There are, and I think I think this kind of weighs itself just in general where we've kind of had this ongoing di- dialogue of why fan fiction in the first place mm-hmm. why are people doing this mm-hmm. and i think this is just kind of adding to that conversation sure and i think you know if you're listening and you think we could do a better job of picking those stories because again as alex said at the outset like we pick stuff that we think you might like yeah that's interesting if you think that we're not picking things that uh are representative because i mean we're just two straight white dudes if we're you know missing the mark on something yeah. you're interested in let us know yeah, we'll find I mean, we'll find something for I'd love I'd love to read that kind of stuff. Anything. Yeah. yeah. No, we just I mean, like I said when we were doing the drabbles, Ryan and I are in our own boxes of things that we find interesting. I would have never looked for a lost fic mm-hmm, never. ever. Mm-mm. So we definitely like the feedback mm-hmm. for love, sure. Love to get out there and see what's in this wide world. So again, the yeah. the article was from Vox and it was titled "Why We're Terrified of Fan Fiction," and uh, it has a link in there to the archive of our own census, the unofficial census. Maybe that's... I'll link it to the description of this, and then maybe good. you can get to it. Yeah, that way. you can get in there and read it. Yeah, um, but that's that's what I had for my first. That was my topic. Okay, no, I I thought that was very interesting. Mm-hmm. Like I said, if you guys have anything to add to the conversation, let us know. If you want, if you are so inclined if you feel so inclined to add to this conversation and you want to record yourself talking about it and send it to us through our email oh, dope. i will link it to the next one and we will talk about it you would join such luminaries yes as, as the guest on our show as george rrrrr martin yes neil, neil gaiman, gaiman craig ferguson craig ferguson and you the listener yes so no if you guys feel inclined jump in like we can definitely talk about this mm-hmm. yeah and like i said if we've said anything that's offensive totally didn't mean to we we have Let nothing. Us know. We'll 
nothing but the best intentions Damn, at the moment. Wine. Yeah. We're just trying to trying to boil this down and figure out figure this out. We like sports and we don't care who knows. We like sports and we don't care who knows. Okay, so now that we've uh we've discussed that at nauseum you guys are annoyed at us let's hit up my fanfic it is called comes by way of fanfiction.net it is titled the great detective pikachu season one english dub i don't know why that's in there. <laughs> um, and it's by twin leaf publishing that's the person who wrote it twin leaf publishing it's nice so what is your familiarity with detective pikachu mine yeah i didn't know that was a thing until the movie all right let's get into it then did you r- real quick if you guys are listening to this, you've probably seen the Sonic the Hedgehog trailer. If you haven't, I urge you to, <laughs> I urge you to pause this, watch the trailer, come right back. I'll give you a time. Okay. Now that you've seen it, if you hadn't before, how awful, right? Just just terrible. Isn't it interesting because if you look at the Detective Pikachu, because when that trailer first came oh out, people God. were like, oh my gosh, Nightmare Fuel. But over time, we've kind of been like, okay. I, when I first saw the trailer, I was in love. They're like, okay, yeah. Well, But the thing is like, wow, we never realized Pikachu was so furry. And then you look at Sonic from the Sonic the Hedgehog yeah. trailer, and it's like, why is he so furry? That looks <laughs> horrible. I think what Detective Pikachu, if you watch that trailer, they do. A, it's like kind of like that neo noir mm-hmm. setting. They use a lot of darkness yeah. and shadow, which is more forgiving. Yes, to that kind of stuff. Whereas Sonic is, he's just standing. He's there, out in the middle of Green Hills. Every terrifying pore and on his, his ass crack. Exactly. Yes. So they were a bit smart about it. Yes, uh, but I I saw this meme. And you know from The Last Jedi how Luke Skywalker says the force for every overwhelming good, there's an overwhelming bad? Yeah. Then they showed Pikachu as the overwhelming good and uh-huh. Sonic as the overwhelming bad. It it's just be. like, this is just a cosmic entity saying, oh, if you get to de- Detective Pikachu, you also get Sonic the Hedgehog, you fuckers. <laughs> yeah. There's actually, um, while I was looking, I found uh, Comiful, which is another site you can look mm-hmm. up. Some They're very, very short stories for fan fiction. There was one where Detective Pikachu meets Deadpool and they talk about how why they sound so similar. Mm, and then, That's really funny. And then Green Lantern shows up and <laughs> spirits them away because they're all uh, played by Ryan Reynolds. Ryan Reynolds, yeah. Well, I think the Detective Pikachu trailer was amazing. I think the movie looks awesome. Yeah, I'm looking and forward I'm to so it. so excited to see it. I'm looking forward to it for sure. So those of you who get to see it today or who have already seen it, mm-hmm. I'm jealous. Jealous. Yeah. I'm I still jealous. have to wait nine days. Right. But I'm going to see that. I'm, I'm so, so amped on Detective Pikachu. I'm trying to get in there for yeah. sure. So this is... Does it start with the... Pokemon. <laughs> no, no. This is a this is a hard boiled. This is a hard boiled Detective look. Pikachu yeah. look. Okay. Again, I don't mean to keep interrupting you. Have you ever seen the Ron Paul version of that? The Ron Paul version of the Pokemon intro? Yes. No. So this is this is going to be neat for all of you listeners out here. This is the guy who recorded the Pokemon song in 2008. It was either 28 or 2012. Was a massive Ron Paul fan. Stop it for Ron Paul and so he actually toured. It's so random. He actually toured. It was 2012. He actually toured with Ron Paul. Oh, everyone remembers Ron Paul's very successful 2012, 2012. presidential yeah. bid. And we got this beauty from it. So the actual guy recorded that. The, the dude they, went on tour. He would he would um, he would perform it live. Dang, I should have voted for Ron Paul. I should have. Yeah. Oh man. So so for those of you who didn't know that, I love that uh, Obama was Jesse. <laughs> <laughs> I'll, I'll also link 
the video a lot that of someone links. cut. A lot of links, yes, yeah. someone cut a video to the song. <laughs> That's perfect. And it's like the greatest thing in the so world. The song is real. Video is fan made. Yes. That's amazing. And the actual guy who sang the Pokemon song did that. So this is um, this is the great Detective Pikachu season one English dub. <clears throat> the name is Peek. Pikachu. <laughs> Retired private eye. Yeah, yeah, you're probably asking, hey, Peek, how the heck did you become a private eye and why are you retired? Plus, you're a Pokemon. How can you be a detective if you can't even speak to humans? Well, I was different from all the other Pichu when I was a kid back in Maine. While all the other Pichu played shock tag and ate berries, I was off binge-watching CSI Miami and Criminal Minds at the cottage while drinking three cups of coffee a day. Sick. I wanted to be just like Horatio. I wanted to solve crimes. I wanted to be a cop. <laughs> so once I evolved into a Pikachu, I went to Boston, of all places, and filled out a job application, since the Boston Police Department had a lack of cops at the time. But as you may have guessed, I bombed the interview. First question was, can you tell us why you would like to join the police department, Mr. Chu? I'll give you a guess what my response was. Pika Pika? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Is it really? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So I walked out, feeling down and all, and all of a sudden a gray, dark 2012 Ford Fusion halted to a stop right in front of my face. The driver came out of the car wearing a blue vest and dark jeans. It was the first time I met my partner, Stan Wadsworth, 32 at the time. He took me in and eventually we became Boston's top detective agency, solving case after case after case. Why does his age matter? Stan Wadsworth, 32. Okay. Detective Pikachu, he analyzes people oh, yeah. and sets it, sets it straight. I had the life no Pikachu could ever have. Then, why did I retire? <laughs> it all started that damned January night, the night of the huge storm in 2016. We were chasing a car that belonged to one Phil Parsons, wanted for rape, double murder, and now bank heist. It was seven below zero, about one hour to midnight. Just as we took a right turn, Phil fired his gun at us, popped one of the tires, and we skidded over the edge. I survived the wreck, but it was the last time I ever saw Stan alive. He was 35. God rest his soul. I was too stressed thinking about that night that I started having nightmares about the event. So to prevent any more trouble, I wrote on a post-it note that I wanted to leave, take a leave of absence. The chief said that I couldn't even work on any more cases until I had a new human partner. So since then, I have searched for a human with an interest in criminal justice. But the search didn't go well at first. And then that goes into what, what Pikachu thought he said and then what the human heard. <laughs> what I said... Hey, babe, I need a new partner, and you look gorgeous enough to carry a gun and wear a badge. Maybe you and I could discuss it over lunch. Maybe one o'clock tomorrow. And what you heard is, Pika! Pikachu! Pika, Pika, Pika! So she runs off. So much for that. <laughs> so I decided to try a man. Wait, so did his other partner understand Spoke him? Pikachu, yeah. Okay. So he's struggling because he's this great detective, but he needs to find someone who speaks Pikachu. Justice Smith. Exactly. What I said, dude, I think you'd be great for the Boston police force. Here's my card. What he heard, chew, Pikachu, Pika, Pika, Pikachu. <laughs> Even worse, my, car was, my card was typed using Siri. I said, Pikachu, private eye, and Siri printed out, Pikachu, Pika, P. <laughs> I was so desperate, I even wished on a star for a human partner. What? I was friggin' desperate. What are you saying, that, that 20-somethings can't wish on a star? Is that what you're saying? I'm digressing, aren't I? You know what? I love the fact that Ryan Reynolds is Pikachu, but I even I would love it if it was just some like grizzled old like Yeah, so what? <laughs> like exactly the way you read exactly. it. Exactly. This is a great, this great is way, good. yeah. I'm digressing. But I didn't know that I would eventually get the right man for the job. A guy named Tim Goodman. It all started when I almost got run Tim? over. I don't know. Same age as he is in the in the, <laughs> in the movie. <laughs> it started when I almost got run over by a Honda. And soon, I saw an A-Palm swipe a girl's necklace across the street. Trying to get it back was a boy in a red-orange hoodie. That boy was Tim. I ran over to stop the A-Palm, and Tim grabbed my ears. My ears! Not the A-Palm, my ears. What I said. Hey, damn it! What the hell, kid? Did anyone ever tell you it ain't nice to squeeze other people's ears? Now put me the hell down! What he heard was what I said. What? Yeah, he could hear me speaking English. And you could tell because his mouth was hanging open. You can talk was the first was the last thing you'd expect a human to say to a Pokemon, yet Tim said it anyway. Focus on the situation at hand, Squirt, I said, face palming and pointing at the face palming and pointing at the Apom, who was just about to make his escape. Seriously, I don't know what I saw in this kid at first, but I remember the name Goodson when Stan and I were working on a case back in September twenty fourteen. Look, kid who hates to be called Squirt, 
Do you have a name that you like being called? Make it short, sweet, and to the point, because I am not calling you Mr. Hoodie Guy for the rest of my life. Uh, yeah, uh, Tim. Tim Goodson. Lovely. I'd like to introduce you to a pompous ass over here. You'll recognize him by the girl's friggin' necklace that he's wearing. <laughs> a friggin' necklace. Friggin' necklace. Friggin' necklace. Joey Wheeler over here. Hey! Hey, where's your dad? Where's your dad, you? Where's your dad, Justice? <laughs> That's the plot to the movie. It is the plot to the movie. <laughs> oh my gosh. Now we can stay here wasting a few minutes of our lives learning stuff about each other but let, and let monkey butt over there get away. Or you can come with me and catch this goddamn crook. It's your choice. I'll wait. I hope you, man. Jeez, you don't have to yell at me like that. I'm only 22. Yeah, and I'm Seth McFarlane. Now come on. I ran what? towards the A-Palm with the necklace. <laughs> There's a lot of random stuff going on here. Tim was still standing there. I could hear one of the bystanders saying, Hey, kid, were you talking to that Pikachu over there? Oh, for the love of coffee. Okay, so that was um, that was the first part. Um, and then the next chapter is is the author. Um, saying that they've been sidetracked by another fan fiction, so they're not going to continue this one, even though it's gotten the most views of any of their fan fictions. And they said, you can just watch the movie to find out the rest. So that's that's the end of the fic? That's the end of the fanfic. They're racing off to catch this burglar, but but it ends right there. Damn. So it's really, I think it's nice. It's, this, I'd like to think that you can read this and then go into the mm-hmm. movie, and you have detected Pikachu's backstory. He had Stan Wattsworth, or whatever his name was, yeah. uh, as his old detective. He died tragically, yeah. and Pikachu was kind of on the rocks looking for, you know, a new partner. I'm going to finish this. Mm-hmm. The big villain was his partner who died, who mm-hmm. didn't actually die. Ooh. There you go. That might happen. Finish that. Write that. <laughs> Put that in the chat. Go ahead and write that. Write that in. I liked it. I, I wanted more. All right. So my second Pokemon uh, fan fiction is called Pokemon colon Pokemon Champion. It comes from fanfiction.net as well, and it is... It is uh, pretty hardcore crack it's hard hard to get through the the um the whatever you call it the, the punctuation's all over the place the spelling is up and down oh so. sick so let's I'll, I'll it's uh what did the what did the article say illiterate it's like a borderline a borderline illiterate right so let's now. just blast through um so this is pokemon pokemon champion chapter one um it begins quote nash fetchum and he was Ash Ketchum's cousin. Oh, God. He lived from Pallet Town, but wasn't from the same years, so he never actually met his cousin. One day, Nash Fetchum got up to start his Pokemon journey once and for all. Nash Fetchum said, I will be the Pokemon champion, and got up and put on his socks and looked at the clock and was very late, so he got his backpack and left. Couldn't he just have the same last name if they're cousins? Why does he have to be Fetchum instead of Ketchum? He's Nash Fetchum. Okay. <laughs> People aren't grouped by familiar bond, familial bonds in the Pokemon universe. They're just bonded by... Your name kind of sounds familiar. It's just okay. stickier together. I guess so. So Nash Fetchum is our protagonist. So he's looking. He's looking. Um, he get, he gets there. All the Pokemon are, are gone, as the, is in the TV show. And Professor Oak says... Dr. Oak says, you're gone. You're late. There's no Pokemon left. And then he hears a mysterious voice that says, Take the other Pokeball, Nash. And he looked but didn't see the voice. He took the other Pokeball... That was on the table and opened it, and Pikachu was inside, of course. And we begin our, you know, lifelong... It's not Pikachu? No, it's Pikachu. Okay. <laughs> so he goes, he fights Brock, he wins. He doesn't fight Doc? Brock is the first uh, gym. No, no, Ash Fetchum is the only... Everyone else <laughs> okay. is, is in the universe. Can okay. universe with, with Ash Fetchum. Um, he wins, he beats Brock, and, quote, broke, said, Good job, take this budge! And Nash Fetchum <laughs> had two badges because one was from Pallet Town five years ago. So this person is just kind of trying to make up for lost time. Really trying to speed through this. Um, on his way to the next town, he catches a Rayquaza, which is a legendary Pokemon. <laughs> what? He just kind of stumbles into is it. Is he from space? Yeah. Oh, that's the He's the, oh, the ozone layer. So ozone, what, yeah. But um, he, he just can, kind he, like, of... controls all the other dragons or something? Yeah, he, he kind of just backs into it. Okay. Uh, hey, he, he sometimes him. you have a, a Master Ball and... Rayquaza just appears. Uh-huh. And then he gets um, another vision in his head. He's like, I kind of want to just uh, stay around. Nash Fetchum doesn't have too many ambitions. But this voice keeps driving him along. It says, no, Nash Fetchum. You must battle to become Pokemon champion. And he just keeps being magnetically pulled along because this mm. voice is, in, is, impel- is um, forcing him to do so. This is going to be the best. He assembles his Pokemon team. And he goes to the Elite Four, which is the champion kind Wait, of championship. did he get all the other badges, or did he just go straight to yeah, the Elite Yeah, it says he gets all the badges oh, really okay. fast. I was like, wow. Yeah, no, he, he just jumped into the Elite Four. So he, um, so he goes to the Elite Four, and he wins. He wins. He's the new Pokemon champion. So the announcer says, Matt Nash Fetchum wins. And Nash Fetchum cries as he hugs Pikachu. Pikachu, of course, says, Pika. And Nash Fetchum says, 
we won Pikachu and I am Pokemon champion and cries. But then something horrible happened. The voice that he'd been hearing all along said, Congratulations, Nash Fetchum. You did well. And Nash Fetchum looked up to see Mewtwo standing in front of him. Nash Fetchum says, It's been you all along. And Mewtwo said, Yes. Thank you, Nash Fetchum. You helped me take over the world. You did well, my little Pokemon. Oh, so Mewtwo's the trainer. Nash Fetchum said, But I'm not a Pokemon. But Mewtwo said, I'm your master, Nash Fetchum. Pikachu is only your imagination because you are a Pikachu. Wait, what? Nash Fetchum looked down and saw his yellow paws <laughs> and fur <laughs> for the first time. Mewtwo said, you did well, my little one. You deserve rest. And he held out his Pokeball. Nash Fetchum said, no, and tried to dodge, but it was too late. He got caught in the Pokeball and stayed there forever. End of chapter one. What? So Mewtwo has been controlling him this whole two? time. There's a chapter two. That I hope it's like in Robot Chicken that when they go into the Pokeball, like <laughs> it's just Pikachu and like a jacuzzi with like two Pika bitches. Yeah. No, so uh, Nash Fetchum was a Pokemon the whole time. Oh my god. He was a Pikachu. He was being manipulated. That was an M. Night Shyamalan. Shyamalama Ding Dong. Twist. That's what I call those Shyamalama Ding Dongs. Um, so part one. Heart, darkness of heart. Okay. Mewtwo sat still. He was sad and angsty, as all Pokemon are. So this, then this person just goes into straight parody where it's just like a bunch of like, they parody a bunch of like angsty characters okay. and then they, there's another parody in the next, next chapter we'll get to. Mewtwo said, humans are pathetic and they will all die and only Pokemon will rule. So this is flashing back to what, what kind of motivated mm-hmm. Mewtwo to get started in the first place. Mewtwo was born by cloning in laboratory. He... Wait, does it actually say born? Yes. Okay. Um, it kind of just talks about how he was born from Mew DNA. No, he was born. He was born from Mew DNA. So one day, Mewtwo was kind of roaming the, the, the world when he comes across a trainer who is mistreating his Pokemon. Um, he says, "You are." it's a rat attack. You are weak and you will never be strong and I'm leaving you. Don't bother following me. I hate you. And he breaks the Pokeball under a rock so rat- Rattata cannot come out ever again. The trainer walked away. Okay, wait. This is a this is a serious question. Yeah. Maybe the audience has an opinion. Mm-hmm. Do you say Rattata or Rattata? I say I just did both of them, didn't I? I know. No, 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 cuz I I think always, I say Rattata. I've always said Rattata. I think I say Rattata. Do I pronounce it wrong? I don't think so. Oh god. I don't know. I bet I pronounce it wrong. Weigh in. Send us a, a an audio file of you saying <laughs> Rattata. I want a 2-hour long compilation yeah. of Rattata. Rattata. <laughs> the next podcast we release will be a soundscape of our listeners saying <laughs> Rattata. <laughs> It's going to be an ASMR. So then Mewtwo, he witnesses this and he feels darkness coming from him. Um, And he's furious. He uses his mystical power to put the Pokeball back together and he brings the Rattata out. Rattata out. And he says, why has this human done this to you? And the Rattata says... Because everyone laughs at me because I am the weakest Pokemon. Mewtwo grunted. He found the trainer and opened all the other Pokeballs of that trainer and said, you will feel my wrath. And all the Pokemon attacked him. And then he said, all humans must now die. Oh, as God. He flew away. So he, he then goes and he's going through all the gyms and he's killing the gym leaders and mm-hmm. releasing their Pokemon into the wild. And he meets someone named Jennifer. And Jennifer says, one of the people you killed was my father. And he says, um, she says, why are you doing this? He says, because you are a human and I am a Pokemon and uh, there can be no peace between our people. And Mewtwo flies off. He goes to destroy other places in gyms, but he keeps thinking about Jennifer, this person who stood up to him and was just showing compassion. She didn't hate him. She just wanted to know why he was doing things. Please don't let this be another rectified enemy. And they fall in love. No, my God. Um, He says, (laughs) Mewtwo wakes up in the middle of the night sweating, screaming, I am Mewtwo. Why am I in love? Oh, and he was very confused because if if all humans did die, then Jennifer was, was being one of humans. She had to die as well. But he didn't want Jennifer to die because he loved her. So he thought there has to be a way. And he's like skipping rocks across the water. He's like thinking <laughs> there has to be a way. And then he says, I have it. So he kidnaps Jennifer and he turns her into a Mewtwo. I will make you a female Mewtwo. And he puts her in this tank or whatever and she pops out. Female Mewtwo. He says, now it is done, and we are happy, Mewtwo said. But Jennifer said, no, Mewtwo, it's not like that. What, do you, what is it that you mean, Mewtwo said. <laughs> Mewtwo, this body is unstable, and I will die soon. Jennifer oh, no. said, goodbye, Mewtwo. I love you. Wait, and she loved she him too? And she became silent. 
because she was dead. Wait, she loved him too? This is one of the great love stories. It doesn't need to be explained. Okay. It's just automatic. Sometimes love is love. Mewtwo cried, and lightning came uh, out of the sky. Shadows from the sky uh, vaporized the laboratory he was in and burned it down like he did the first time over 100 years ago. Mewtwo rose up into the stars and burst into an angsty explosion, and then all of a sudden there's like this flash of light, and it gets so blinding, and everything disappears. And that's the end of chapter two. Now we're really in the weeds. What's yeah. happening? What on earth is going on? Nash Fetchum was a Pokemon the whole time. Nash is gone. And then Mewtwo falls in love with a human, tries to Frankenstein her into a female Mewtwo. It doesn't and work. Did it. And he flies and up into died. the sky. Then everything goes to white. So chapter three is called The Judgment. The world was gone. The legendary Pokemon did not know what to do. Arceus, the god of all Pokemon, held the meeting and all the legendary Pokemon came in. You two betrayed us, said he, god of Pokemon. We must make sure things like this never happen again in the new world. I will make the new world, and we will do it different this time. What is your idea, great one, said Lucario, who is not a legendary. I take umbrage with that, but he's there. I have made the decision, <laughs> said he. I decree I will make legendary pokemon high school so they all have to go to high school and learn how to be pokemon all right this is definitely crack <laughs> you know that rcs is 10 feet six inches yeah he's huge That's he's massive. also the originator of the universe wait he created people too yes he is the lord god of the wait, pokemon so universe. why would a pokemon create people to enslave pokemon that's kind of the that's kind of one of the plot points. It's like he creates Pokemon and humans to live together in harmony, but he doesn't like it when people are taking and taking advantage of his creations. But if you can create it, can't you destroy it? You can. Oh no. And it's up to you in Pokemon, whatever, I think it was uh, Go, uh white? Diamond and Pearl, I no, think he's I in Diamond and Pearl to stop him and capture him. So you can have God in a Pokeball. <laughs> <laughs> you can catch the god of the universe. I would catch him in a Pokeball. And name him... Just a regular-ass Pokeball. Name him whatever you want. Dickbag. Exactly. Get him, Dickbag! <laughs> How can he create when he's stuck in your inbox? He doesn't have to create anymore. Um, so then the rest of it is just them. It's like a parody of like how terrible fan fictions send everyone to high school. Oh, smart. And it's all the Pokemon in high school. Um, they learn about the quadratic formula, and they're all just laughing, and they're like being paired together. That Act 4, they all log on to Pokemon AIM. And message each other. Sweet. <laughs> and it kind of just fizzles out from there until Zekrom, one of the legendaries, goes crazy, much in the same way as uh, Mewtwo does. I'm learning about a lot, lot of new Pokemon today. Zekrom. That's from Pokemon Black, I believe. It's Zekrom and Reshiram. Those are the black and white legendaries. Ah, okay. Reshiram. I see Reshiram. Um, Zekrom is 9-6. That's a tall Pokemon. I'd want that on my basketball team. He's a dragon and an electric Pokemon. Put him down there. Oh, yeah. Zed Zekrom. He's, the, he's the, the black one, and he's from Pokemon White. I stopped playing and paying attention after Ruby and Sapphire and Emerald. And that's because you grew up, and I never did. <laughs> um, so now they have to deal with Zekrom, who's going crazy. Um, and Zekrom has really taken it to him. And there's these massive battles, and they think they're all going to die. But... At the last minute, all the legendaries stand in awe as one of the Gundams comes out of nowhere and strikes him down. What? The Gundams are in it too? The Gundams are now in it. <laughs> uh, Zekrom lands on the... Oh, the Gundam lands on the ground and twilight sparkles and flutters come out of it. Don't worry. Zekrom will still live, said the Gundam. What? All of them said. Um, what are you... What you're doing here? What are you doing here? Dialga asks. Arceus and Prince Celestia show up together. So Arceus, again, is like the god. Wait, who's Prince Celestia? Oh, that's from My Little Pony. Princess Celestia. Princess Celestia. So Sh Princess Celestia is now in this. He comes out of a, a interdimensional portal. See, says Arceus, I said I would make this world different, so I made Pokemon live in Equestria, and I will pair myself with Princess Celestia. Now the mistake of Mewtwo will never happen again, because we have the ultimate weapon. Love? Friendship. Friendship. The end. What the fuck? I really liked the first chapter. <laughs> the first chapter was cool. And, and then the there's second chapter was weird. And the My third, Little Pony. Third chapter goes off the rail, becomes a straight up parody of like high school fix and all that nonsense. What the fuck? And then there's an author's note promising that there will be another chapter. Um, they, sorry, guys. I haven't updated this in eight 
years. <laughs> Can you believe it's been eight years? I can't either. I'm really sorry. Lots of stuff have been going on. I had to repeat the 11th grade twice. I quit high school, got my GAD. Then I lost the uh, GED. Then I lost the internet until I went to college, but I quit that too after three years, trying to major in English. I think I got a little better at writing. Can you believe how terrible this fan fiction was? Uh, and that was written in 2012, so I don't think it's actually going to be updated. There's a whole spiral of things going on here. So, oh my god, the story is not dead. I promise. I, I want this person's life to get better for them. I really do. Yeah, there's actually a lot of other stuff. Um, I don't want to put their business out here. Yeah, let's but not they, put them on blast. They wrote it on fanfiction.net, so you can go find it. Wow. It is Pokemon Pokemon Champion. Mewtwo is only two inches taller than me. He's six seven. Mm-hmm. That's interesting. He's essentially a human. He's basically a human being. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wow. He's like LeBron James size. So this whole thing with um, Nash Fetchum. Nash Fetchum. It reminded me of Strokemon, the XXX Pokemon porn parody. Nice. So do you want to guess who the characters are? Oh, do they have like porny names? Yeah, of course. So who would Ash be? Ass. Gash. Oh. I thought it'd be Ass, too. It's Gash. <laughs> Misty? Misty. Uh, Bisty. 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 That's easy. Pikachu? Peek at you. Dikachu. Oh. And of course, it's a female, and Ash does have sex with Dikachu. Okay. And Fisty. Brock? Or, yeah, Brock. R- rock hard, I don't know. Cock. Cock. Oh, that it's was just cock. so easy. Come on, you're, you're, you're putting way too much onto this. Nurse Joy. Nurse Joy-tus. Like coitus? Oh, God. <laughs> Meowth? Muffth. Oh, God. God. <laughs> <laughs> you know my childhood. <laughs> Jesse? Oh, please, anything, anything but whatever you're going to say. Jizzy. Oh, no. <laughs> and James. Hi. Jams. Oh, Jizzy God. and Jams. <laughs> so that's that's the name and of the cast Muff. of Strokemon. Oh. And then for some reason, for some reason, this is all on IMDb. And the one that was linked to it is um, 10-inch Mutant Ninja Turtles. 10-inch Mutant Ninja Turtles? <laughs> yeah. And uh, the characters, I won't make you guess. It's uh, Michael Angelo, <laughs> Spreader instead of Shredder. April's just April. Um, Raphaelis instead of Raphael. Um, Masters Fichter. Leonardo. These are all the pseudonyms of the actual Renaissance artists. Dongatello. <laughs> Dongatello. <laughs> so that's 10 inch mutant ninja turtles, where I believe they just run a train on April. Oh I, have, my I don't know. Gosh. Dongatello. That Dongatello. Will, that will stay with me from now until the end of my days. Yeah. Dongatello. Dong- <laughs> Michelangelo Blow. Yes. Cheesy and jams. Oh. That's man. a great way to end this. What oh. do you think? That's a that's a bad way to end. It's a great way to end this. Oh, it was nice. I could make it to rectified anonymity. That makes me sad. Yes. So are are you stoked on anything now that we're? Can we change the subject to stoked? I am stoked on game. The Game of Thrones is my big thing. Yeah, I'm into. I've just been rewatching the series and reading back through the books and everything. So I'm sure you and all the listeners will be happy to hear that. I am finally halfway through season two. Good. So I've watched five episodes I'm excited for you. since we last had this I'm discussion. I'm excited. I'm excited for you. Yeah, I think I'm just going to bite the bullet, and when the final episode comes on, just mm-hmm. go over to your apartment and just watch it, mm-hmm. and then no one can spoil me. I, I know everything that happens in season eight because mm-hmm. of Twitter. Yeah. So maybe maybe I'll just watch yeah, just the last it. episode yeah. and just be like, yeah, fuck it. We can watch it together. Yeah, sure. that's what I'm thinking. Just watch the last one and just be like, yeah. I know what happens. And then I, I still want to watch the rest. You I'm, better come in costume because I will have a viewing party. I believe that, actually. So I, I don't know. I'll go to Ikea and I'll get one of the rugs and put it on my back. There you go. You meet Jon Snow. Jon Snow. You know, that's actually how they make the costumes, right? What? They go to Ikea? They actually use Ikea rugs for the furs. I think I remember Because they don't use real like furs. That. Oh, yeah. No. Yeah. They use Ikea rugs. And they're hot. Oh, yeah, no. Kit Harrington said they're hot as fuck. But when you're in the middle of, like, a white desert Mm -hmm. of just snow. Mm -hmm. Biggest desert in the world. Antarctica. Antarctica. How'd you know that? Did you guys know that? (laughs) But I digress. I digress. (laughs) So you're stoked on Game of Thrones. Game of Thrones, yeah. What are you stoked on? I guess I'm stoked May 10th. I will be back down in Florida visiting home. Okay. Like I said last time we were stoked on things, Uh, I committed to UF. I'm going going down to... Mm -hmm. Look at apartments and kind of get some stuff figured out. Uh, I recently completed my TA application. So. You got to live in a house, man. You can't feed that toxic corporate Gainesville housing market. That's oh, tearing yeah. down the swamp. They're trying to tear down the swamp. For those of you who don't know, it's just a bar that not a lot of people go to. Overpriced they just, and the food sucks. They just, but it's got good I, I memories. Think the food's good. I don't like the I food think that the food's much. Good, but it, it, good buffalo dip. 
Yeah, they, people just like it because of the name. The name of the the football stadium is the Swamp. Mm-hmm. The whole city is a swamp, and the restaurant. The, the restaurant's swamp. called the Swamp, so it's like a cool. It is pretty. It's got like a white thing. picket fence. It's like a, a really nice restaurant. Yeah. like the the aesthetic of it. Yeah, if you're going to keep fats open and you're going to close Swamp. Yeah, like. there are, there are three or four other bars that need to close before the Swamp does. Yeah, in terms of just like health yeah. codes. Yeah, yeah. But I think three or four years ago they tore down all these other bars and mm-hmm. then built this prison complex of luxury apartments called the Standard. Mm-hmm. And well, that was a big vacant lot. They just tore up to that big vacant lot and put the Standard there. I know, guess. On the corner of University yeah. and Stadium. I thought there used to be bars there. No, it was just grass. Oh, okay. You'd mm-hmm. know better than I would. Yeah, you were there longer. But yeah, so they're going to tear down the Swamp. University and 13th, sorry, not Stadium. Yeah, it's 13th. Yeah. So I'm going to go back to Gainesville, mm-hmm. and I'm pretty stoked on that. And I'm gonna go hang out with one of my friends i'm gonna bring my dog up with me so i get to spend the whole weekend with my dog i'm so excited to see him he's a good little boy he's a golden retriever and his name's arthur so i get to go down and hang out with arthur i'm very excited about that so if you want to be if you want to get into things we're stoked on you can watch game of thrones like me or you could show up to gainesville yeah and and, uh, (laughs) when this comes out follow alex around follow us around i will have clutching your copy of the catcher in the rye (laughs) following alex Kill John Lennon. Kill the phonies. South Park reference. We did it, guys. We made it. We fucking did it. Mm-hmm. To end the episode, we have a YouTube channel. I think by by the time this comes out, the second part of the Let's Play will be on. We'll see. Is this going to come out in 2023? Maybe. Then maybe. Hell yeah. Please remember to write us a review. We'd love you forever if you did. Follow us on Patreon. As little as a dollar a month. And that helps us roll things back into this, this podcast. We have bought mic stands Mm -hmm. and i think next we're gonna buy those those i forgot them last time what it's called the wind guards because i pop guardium leviosas i pop my pee Wingardium Leviosa sounds like Bac- uh, Cardi B's real name, which is like Bacardus Almazar or something like that. So, oh, 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 God. A chair just started floating. I did say a spell. Oh, my gosh. Um, you're, you're a wizard, Alex. Alex. You're, you're a wizard, Alex. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Tumblr, YouTube. All Suck My Fanfic or Suck My Fanfic Podcast. And we stream on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, TuneIn, Overcast, PocketCast, and Fireside. But why do I even say that? Because you should know that because <laughs> you're listening to this. Right. You should. Yeah. You should know better. I should know better. You should know better. Yeah. Not you, the listener. Yes. You should know better. You know where we are. But thank you for listening. We really do appreciate it. Mm-hmm. We hope that our intellectually stimulating conversation about fan fiction really, really buttered your muffin today. Or it will help you fall asleep. You just put it on. Yeah. You have trouble sleeping, just put it on, pass out cold. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So either way, I hope you enjoyed this episode. And Ryan, what should we remember? You teach me, and I teach you. Run! Run! Run!